0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben, and I'm Bruce, and this is your podcast for December sixth, twenty twenty. We are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Uh, Bruce, it's the second Sunday of Advent. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm I'm sitting at my home
1: desk and watching the snow outside. Yes, and I love as, snow, so
0: it's a good thing. As as we are recording this, this is our first snowfall of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh probably won't amount too much.
1: Liturgical year. Well, yeah,
0: sorry. The liturgical year, first snowfall of the season, I should yeah. say. Uh and um probably won't amount to much, uh sadly cuz I'm I'm with you. If it's going to be cold, it might as well be snowing. That's um, right. But uh the I'll be able is still to fling warm. something at someone. Yeah. <laughs> The ground is warm, and alas, it probably will not last. But uh, but uh, that is that is quite okay, because in the meantime, it is a beautiful, beautiful sight outside. So uh, yeah, really, really nice. And uh, um, this will be uh, this will be an interesting week, uh, as has been the past couple of years. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing readings that you will not hear on Sunday. Um, right because uh it's the feast of saint nicholas if i'm not mistaken is that correct
1: yeah this year it falls on sunday so we can celebrate it as our sunday service
0: yeah so uh so we're going to do the the non-feast of saint nicholas readings because those are uh specific to year b lectionary readings uh, and, uh, also I heard that Bruce thought that the St. Nicholas, Nicholas readings were boring and non-substantive and didn't want to go <laughs> into them. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just going to put that on the podcast that that's what I, it's a rumor I heard.
1: Well, what I'll put out is that here, here's my spin is that the readings for second advent <laughs> are much more interesting to talk
0: about. The I like I like ones the ones for Saint spin. Nicholas are
1: much more comforting, but the...
0: I like the fact that it's a spin and not a denial, um, right? <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean it's a I mean shoot, it's the second Sunday of, of Advent. We only get four uh, yeah. of of these uh, Sundays, so uh, and we only get uh, this, uh, you know. It's a three-year cycle, so it'll be another three years till we have a chance to do these readings. There will be another Saint Nick- Feast of St. Nicholas next year with the right. same exact readings. And um, if, if you want to hear
1: more about St. Nicholas and or the readings for St. Nicholas, after the watch party on Sunday, so at 10 a.m., we'll have a, a Zoom call where I'll be going more in-depth. It won't be as entertaining because Ben won't be my co-host. But... Oh. <laughs>
0: So it'll be a lot more coherent. (laughs) So it will be
1: more coherent. (laughs) And there will be video involved, so it won't be as pretty as you can uh, be looking out the window right now instead. But anyway, that's where we'll talk about St. Nicholas in detail.
0: Awesome. Very, very good. Uh, Well, before we move over to the uh, readings, I want to uh, challenge you with a word of the day. And today's word is Tomism.
1: Thomism
0: T H O M I S M. Yes. Mhm.
1: Well, obviously I've heard of it, Because so I could spell it, and I can't spell much. And
0: I suppose it could be also Thomism.
1: No, you said it how at least how I've heard people say it. Um, it's not I doesn't come up in daily conversation often, so no. No, right. no. no, no, no. Okay, I'm I'm I drawing a blank.
0: Um, it, it is it is referring to a name, and it is uh, a, another saint, not Saint Nicholas, but a Saint Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Uh, so it is his theological system that he had. Oh. And I was,
1: oh. Okay. Okay. I, I was
0: kind of I'm kind of hoping that you can uh, fill in some gaps here. Actually, uh, uh, usually. I I make some sort of comment or joke about the Episcopal dictionary being a little too thorough. Yeah. But the way that this is written, I have questions. And so there were, there were a couple of things about this that I found interesting and fascinating. And so I wanted to kind of ask about it, but the long story short is Thomism is the theological system of St. Thomas Aquinas. uh, And and apparently it's embodied in a, a writing of his called his, his Summa Theologica. Right. Um, and so that's his. It's an adaptation of Aristotle's philosophy to Christian revelation. Uh, but w- before I go into some of the wording here, like what do you uh, recall about uh, his theological system? Is there any defining traits or anything that that you can think of?
1: Well, the the big thing that I remember is that he was, I believe. Well, he's certainly the most famous for being. Gosh, I am not constructing a correct sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Thomas was Thomas Aquinas was produced in this work the first systematic theology, which mm-hmm. means it tries to f- to explain how the world and the universe exist and mm-hmm. function in interacting okay. with God. And it, until Thomas came along, there really wasn't a big interest in that. Um, in mm-hmm. the because Christianity was more heavily influenced by Jewish theological traditions, our roots. Um, and then Thomas came in and brought in the Greek approach that pretty much, pretty quickly overwhelmed the old Jewish approach. And to this day is a very heavy influence on, particularly um, Western theology as mm-hmm. to, to how god functions and how we're supposed to function in the world
0: yeah that th- i was i was uh, intrigued by the way that this is set up um um there, there are there are hints of this that that certainly def- definitely do still uh ring familiar <coughs> uh, god uh, or thomas defined god as uh, quote-unquote primary being uh in whom alone essence and existence are one the three persons, so I'm assuming that's the Trinity, right? Subsist in the divine, and then here's another quote, quote unquote, essence with a capital E, uh, with which each is identical. So, the 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 Trinity, uh, um, uh, kind of existing in that statement. Um, creation is a is going is a going out of the creature from God, as the next sentence, and so it's kind of. I think what they were basically saying is um, the divine essence is where uh, existence of God and, and the three persons all, all exist, and creation comes out of that. Uh huh. And then it says the incarnation of the word, the institution of the church, the sacraments, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity, and the moral virtues are the normal means of the creature's return to God. So through those actions, we uh, uh, dip back into the pool, I guess, as 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 the <laughs> sure. imagery is. Um, uh, um, and then uh, uh, it goes on to say a little bit: salvation is entirely God's gift. So that's a more sounds more like a pillar of mm-hmm. of belief. Uh, eternal beatitude is given in a face to face vision of God and heaven. Uh, so another we're uh, you know unrelated some unrelated pillar to the previous you know concept yeah. right uh and then um and then a little bit of history of of um the english theologian richard hooker made use of Thomism and pope leo the 13th uh made Thomism the chief instrument of theological education in roman catholic seminaries in 1879 but the imagery of like this I don't know, uh, in my head is like this giant pool, like spherical pool where God is the primary being and all creation kind of um, um, leaps out of what is an interesting mm-hmm. concept. Um, so uh, I can kind of see where that uh, has kind of informed concepts further on down the line Uh, i think we've created a more structure around that idea but the 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 concept that the creation comes out of uh directly and um and then the return whether that be through um the list of things that he said of uh, like the incarnation of the word institution of the church blah 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 we (laughs) More modern more modern concepts is like the return is actually upon death. Um uh is, ah. See, and or that's, is that different?
1: That what Thomas was really talking about is while we walk this earth, how do we draw close to God?
0: Gotcha. How do it's, we make so that hence with, that list. Okay. Okay. So this is more like a, a how we touch base during our uh, during our existence, how yes. we contact. Uh, and
1: and the, the more we allow ourselves to be immersed in God, the, the better off we'll be and the world will be. Interesting. What, so anyways, does it say what year he died? Uh, 1275. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So he he had, obviously, as, as you just read, he had a huge effect on theological education. And was and laid the groundwork in many ways for the enlightenment Mm -hmm. which part of the one of the pillars of the enlightenment was going back to the greeks and in a sense reclaiming and repackaging the greek philosophy and Mm -hmm. ways of um under ways of approaching the world not in order to understand it more deeply which for the most part is great but um the sad part is that it part of Greek philosophy is dualism, where the the physical form is is always lacking compared to the spiritual form. OK. And in Jewish theology and spirituality, there's no dualism. It, you are who you are. You can't say my spiritual side does this and my physical side does that. No, mm. you're doing it, um, and so it's made it very hard for modern Christians, modern being post enlightenment, to um, accurately interpret the Hebrew Scriptures, because they keep wanting to see it through the lens of spirit and physicality,
0: right. whereas
1: they're written with a presumption that people just see it all as one.
0: That is that is a that is definitely very interesting because yeah you're right there there's that. Uh, um i mean we, we i see that streak uh, fairly consistently uh, oh yeah yeah uh, the separation of of the, the the spiritual and the physical um and uh, uh shoot, to to be honest i i, I it's it's something that I engage in every now and again, especially when I find uh, my own actions to be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, no, no that was not. I mean, it's not Never really mind. What I wanted to do. <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do or how I wanted to behave. I didn't really want to say that. Um, it's my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's Yeah. Devil made me do it or whatever I can come up with at the time. And uh, it's far more to comfortable. To just go too, further sorry. down
1: the rabbit hole in the, um, latter part of the 20th century, and I think it continues today, but it was really strong in the 20th, late 20th century. There is a, a huge embrace of um, indigenous religions of North America by um, mainly Protestant, but also some uh, Catholic and Orthodox Christians in the United States. And part of that was uh, being drawn to a non dualistic perspective on how the world works.
0: Mm. and yeah. you
1: know so they it wasn't always done respectfully i don't think anyway um but i think that was part of the i think it was an accurate longing for a more integrated look and perspective on how human beings are mm. that we're, we're just one thing we're not mm. spirit and body
0: right right
1: in fact in the um Hebrew scriptures, there's nowhere a term for soul. That's a Greek concept out of Greek philosophy.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. The term, they, the term is spirit, which is very nebulous, not in terms of being um, no one knows if it's holy or not, but instead it's purposely a very broad term. Whereas soul, yeah. you, you, you almost, at least for me, I almost picture like this golf ball in the middle of me. That's the soul. And right. that's what bounces out when I die. Uh, right. That, that's not at all part of the Jewish mindset. Hmm. And hmm. Paul, Paul's the one who really introduces it into Christianity, but Thomas picked that up and ran with it.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. I guess that's true. That is, that is something that we've, he kind of hints at, uh, mm-hmm. uh or, or leans to.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, he was educated, in greek philosophy that that was part of his mindset
0: well and he was also the he was the it makes sense that he would uh be uh the one to kind of introduce that in in the form of uh new testament writings because his target audience had that shared you know ground uh uh, uh, shared grounds for understanding Mm -hmm. that he was trying to speak to so he was using words that and concepts that they would have been comfortable with uh, exactly. in order to try to explain. Uh, and since we're so very Paul heavy in, in the new Testament, mm-hmm. it becomes a uh, kind of more of a, 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 a norm. broader, yeah. A broader stroke uh, of, of the, uh, new Testament theology.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: hmm. Yeah. And
1: I don't think that was Paul's intention.
0: Uh, no, I think Paul's intention was to share the word to his, his, you know, his target audience, mm-hmm. uh, which, <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I don't know as if it ever actually goes into, we're on a final tangent here, but that's okay. Uh, I don't know if it necess- any of the writings necessarily go into why he targets, uh, the, that area of the world. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's mostly just cause that his background and upbringing, he's that's where he saw the, 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 uh, the disconnect and the void like oh this is really these are the people that i think i could reach uh, yeah i don't think it's necessarily anything where god was like you need to go to the greek
1: yeah. <laughs> the, the greek well, islands actually, and, the paul's self-understanding is god was telling him to go to each of these places that mm, he, okay he was called to go to corinth and st- such and there there's various descriptions of some kind of made up probably, but there are various descriptions of the apostles, including Paul, talking about where should we go now? And mm-hmm. who need who should stay in Jerusalem and those decisions being made and then the um, apostles and other Christians going out through the Roman Empire. That that the journeys they knew they were going to make these journeys. Um, they just had to decide where. It wasn't a huh, maybe we should go tell other people. It was yeah this is what we're supposed to do. That's what Jesus said on Ascension Day. And mm-hmm. Let's go for it. Hmm. Or Pentecost, depending on how you interpret the, right, G- right, right, the right. accounts.
0: Right. Well, anyways, uh, so that was Thomism, Paulinism. Yeah. Like... <laughs> we were went around the block a few times, didn't we? We, we did. We did. Uh, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, yeah. or for those of you who tuned us out, we're back. Uh <laughs> hey at least we didn't
1: go down a monty python rabbit hole this time
0: that's uh, not yet the day is young um that's true so let's let's go over to the first reading um and uh our first reading here is from isaiah chapter 40 verse 1 through 11 comfort oh comfort my people says your god speak tenderly to jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term that her penalty is paid that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries out, cry out. And I said, "Why? what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get up, get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Um... This is you get strong hints of of poem in this uh, reading.
1: It's definitely poem. Yes.
0: Um, this uh, and I know I ask this almost every time, uh, but which uh, which writer is is this the second writer in Isaiah? Uh-huh. So this is the return uh, to it's Jerusalem, sort of. Um,
1: this is this is the very beginning of Second Isaiah deutero isaiah and this is part of the encouragement to the people who have been captured to hit the road and go back okay so they've not yet arrived they have not even started but this is the word coming from god saying it's now's the time to leave
0: yeah that, that makes sense considering uh the phrasing in the first couple of verses um speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. Um, so it's, it creates a kind of that longing sense, uh, to return home. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second half of that, uh, sentence is talking about how you, you know, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The, the, the punishment has been paid. The, the debt is, is, has been zeroed out. Uh, enough is enough and it's time to head home. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, verse three: um, "In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord; uh, make straight in the desert a highway for our God." So, kind of like that imagery of like creating a road directly home.
1: Yeah, um, and and the verse following makes that even stronger. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. That right, you know, it's like a modern freeway project where uh grades are very very gentle and it's a easy easy path to traverse
0: yeah now i i I do have to admit uh here in verse six uh a little bit of confusion on my part um a voice says cry out and i said what shall i cry as the response um what what should the person cry (laughs) because the, the next part of the sentence is not like the, uh, the 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 author uh, continuing uh, which which and, and first read if you miss that the end quotation you would think that the, the the author is continuing to say all people are grass their consistency is like the flower of the field or that it might be a response which it's also not necessarily a response from the voice um, so what should uh, what should what should this person cry
1: well the the It's a message of God is eternal. God is, to use a very biblical term in my mind anyway, God is steadfast. And Mm -hmm. don't think God works by human standards of behavior or human limitations. Right. Okay. And therefore you can have courage when you take on this extraordinary task of leaving everything you know even though it's kind of in shambles or growing in shambles as the babylonians are being conquered and head home to a place that you know has been destroyed
0: right okay so okay.
1: It, you know you need a lot of no really this is okay this isn't going to be 40 years in the wilderness which they're very familiar with right uh, <laughs> right the story of the exodus out of egypt um no this is going to be a straight road you'll you'll head right there no doubt about it god's with you go for it
0: hmm. what about um what about this uh um sentence in verse nine um so get up to a high mountain o zion herald of good tidings lift up your voice with strength of jerusalem herald of good tidings uh lift it up do not fear say to the city cities of judah here is your god judah is a is a one of the tribes um well by this point
1: it was half of the jewish territory
0: okay it was was the the, other half two
1: states were israel and judah okay um and so the, the united king but um and they were united in a kingdom so this is when you get back to jerusalem it's not just for you. You're not just supposed to rebuild Jerusalem. It's for the entire kingdom.
0: So was Judah the the Judah was the, the It goes way back, uh, uh, many weeks, if not months, uh, uh, on on a discussion. But there was there were people who were left behind, right? That were uh, deemed not even worth enslaving. Uh, the uh, or, Samaritans. Yeah, is is that Judah? Is that is that what ended up forming? like existing in 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 the cities of judah are those the left behind people they
1: they were in various places they weren't just in judah um okay
0: so it wasn't those people the 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 the, the folks who were who were left that then congregated and uh, settled in these cities of judah and kind of made up that that portion of the nation it was they were still scattered and in various places okay yeah well the the way it worked out was
1: when the jewish people come back from babylonia they come back not to a depopulate well it was less populated than it was but Mm -hmm. the people who were there were the folks that were not worthy of being taken into captivity they were unskilled Mm -hmm. they were not wealthy they were not um Educated, and so the Babylonians said, No, you're just going to be a drain on our economy. We're going to leave you here. And they actually, you know, continued to live. They didn't just sit down and starve to death. And Mm -hmm. so, one of the great conflicts was when the people who were in captivity came back to Judah and Israel. There are these people who are already there who had not had this experience of being captive. And that captivity, in a sense, fast forwarded the spiritual development of Judaism. And the Samaritans Mm. were like, who's this Isaiah guy? You know, we've never heard of him. Um, And they said, well, no, this is one of the greatest prophets ever. Like, We haven't heard of him. Moses is the greatest prophet. So they had these huge theological fights. And the Samaritans we're not yet called Samaritans. They were thoroughly outnumbered. And so were um, basically pushed out of any kind of society, uh, higher levels of society. And Hmm. most, most headed up into the mountains of the Northern part of the kingdom, um, where they were when, um, some hundred, you know, hundreds of years later, Jesus came along. Um, so and and actually, there's still some living there, some Samaritan, some people following the Samaritan traditions, um, hmm. spiritual heritage there. So it's fa- a fascinating history there. But uh, the point of this verse is, when you get to Jerusalem, you don't just rebuild the city; you rebuild all of Judah, all of the right. cities that were conquered.
0: You rebuild the the entire nation. Yeah, um, I imagine that returning home also would be further complicated by the fact while well, while. Well, the um, the enslaved were uh, um, you know uh, still pushed along spiritually by you know the development of uh, you know the coming of uh, Isaiah and 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 the furthering of their of their spirituality. Returning home, I would assume that like the economic aspects had completely reversed, and those left behind were they were able to then uh, build up uh, their their prominence in society however large or little that may have been and then you have people returning who had been the upper echelons of society returning with nothing (laughs) and then they just show up and are like oh yeah but i you know we were important so out (laughs) get get out you're you're no longer the you know the 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 governor or the, you know, the the, the high ranking politician or the, the, you know, the the priest or like you'd have all those interesting power struggles from from those two societies reconnecting.
1: Yeah. And though. The from what we know and and we may be wrong on this, but there's so much archaeology that goes on in that region today that I don't think um, anything is been dug up that disproves this the folks that were left behind really didn't um flourish Mm, that they they continued to live a subsistence existence and did not and and did their best sort of to hold things together but they were Mm. not um they didn't recreate at all the cultural educational economic structures that were in place uh, at the time that the majority of the population was enslaved
0: how long were they enslaved out of curiosity
1: um about 3 generations it was un- i oh, believe wow. it was under okay.
0: 100 years but still but still it wasn't like it wasn't anything like uh like oh hey tom yeah I'm glad
1: you're, you're back. back yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, i mowed your uh, lawn
1: for you while you were gone <laughs> no
0: <laughs> this would be like the great grandkid of uh, or the grandkid of of this Samaritan and the yeah. grandkid of Tom re, re, coming back and being like, who are you? I don't know. I'm this person. Maybe, and may, shoot, maybe that's one of the main reasons why uh, uh, the son of uh, 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 really strengthened. <laughs> like, that was the only identifying mark. I don't, I don't care who you are. Who are your parents and their parents? Because I don't, <laughs> you know, that's the only way I can connect these ties. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and now I've I've clicked some uh, links on my computer and it was I'm doing math now. It was about sixty years. So yeah okay. three generations.
0: Yeah, long enough that anybody who was taken was probably gone. Yeah.
1: With life expectancy and, and if, of that age.
0: Right, and if not gone, incredibly old yeah. for their life cycle. Uh, yeah. And okay.
1: and certainly Back home, so to speak, with a lack of uh, functioning social system, very few people, if any, would have lived to see people returning. Hmm. I mean, their yeah. lifespans had to be incredibly short because of the lack of food and medicine and things like that. Right.
0: Interesting. Um, makes sense as to why this uh, verse was selected for for Advent, kind of preparing away. Love the imagery. Well, and
1: John the Baptist uses this text in his preaching. We'll see that in a few minutes.
0: Ah, the hook. Uh Um, (laughs) Well, uh, if there's nothing else, let's move on. There's there's one thing. There is one thing. Okay. The
1: um, whole thing about the, that we were talking about a few minutes ago, um, prepare the way of the Lord and make the straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every path, mm-hmm. every valley shall be filled. That's something the Babylonians did for their sacred processions of their God statues. Oh, so Isaiah's okay. using imagery that would have immediately made sense to these folks that had been immersed in Babylonian culture and religion for some sixty years. And probably had been even forced to build these roads for these holiday processions of god statues but now as so often happens in the scriptures god is taking something that had been um ungodly and transforming it into something godly
0: Hmm. okay
1: and that that's one of the reasons why it's so important to know the context of different scriptures because often people have mistakenly in their interpretation, think, oh, this is how God wants it to work. No, God's just transforming a passage to turn it upside down, uh, turn upside down a cultural practice or theology or scripture even of another religion and say, no, this is how it is. The only path that really counts is the one, the path of God. Right. Not, Not the one built for all these little
0: cute false statues you parade around. (laughs) supplanting imagery i like it yeah Uh, that's cool yeah yeah i mean Uh, and the
1: cross is the primary one of that i mean because right the romans crucified probably throughout the empire millions of people and god took that hugely painful embarrassing disgraceful image and turned it into the symbol of eternal life
0: right you think this is embarrassing it's mine now
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i'm much more powerful than you stupid romans
0: right uh very interesting well let's uh let's hop over to uh the second book of peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 15a but do not ignore this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day the lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness but is patient with you not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all things, since all these things are to be, are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you, according to the wisdom given him um so first things first the book of second peter as as i believe the f- book of first peter is not identifying uh uh who the book is to like a lot of pauline letters do it's identifying who the book is from kind of like the way the gospels do like who wrote it
1: yes but i bet you can guess what's coming next
0: <laughs> But but uh, uh, but it's not really written by Peter. It's written as uh, by a follower or a close yeah. tie to Peter. Yeah. Okay. That
1: um, it's believed it was written around the eighty or ninety, about twenty to thirty years after Peter's death, and mm. that it was written from the Church of Rome, where where Peter was their their biggest, the most prominent leader um, to this day, mm. and so it it and first Peter are basically a summary that of what Peter taught that his congregation members felt the rest of Christianity should always hold dear. Right. So right. It, it was an effort to preserve Peter's writings to be. And by this time, um, the gospels were starting to be written down. Um, but they were not yet in wide circulation. And so mm-hmm. it was part of the movement, the literary movement, to write down what the first Christians had experienced before those witnesses died. Hmm. So the people who were taught by Peter were beginning to die off. So it was time to write down what they um, held dear so that it would be preserved. Hmm. In okay. In the changing dynamic of people dying rather than living to see the second coming that was a bit of a surprise
0: yeah i was just gonna say that that seems to be at least um in part or if not in full the 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 background of this um this reading hugely is peter trying to explain why the second coming hasn't Yep. hasn't occurred yet. Yep. This idea that he was gonna you know, Christ was gonna come back and 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 then oh all you unbelievers will see and will be saved and no one else will will be persecuted and die uh for their beliefs. Uh this is him explaining um not so much the it, i I'm interested in the fact that the 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 first part of this, the the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. I've, I've heard this before for like explaining the way God perceives time Mm -hmm. and what's interesting, I don't know if this is the only reference to this style of like God experiencing time differently this way, but this passage doesn't, it isn't an explanation of how, how God perceives time. It's that. There, it's it's more like it. It the the period of time does not matter to God, and creating a a, a sense of urgency about fulfilling His promise doesn't exist. Uh, and that He, uh, God, isn't also simultaneously not not wishing this harm on anybody, but uh, uh, the second coming hasn't occurred because it's it's a it's a space to allow people to come uh, to Him. He's not. Yet right, ready to call it quits <laughs> and and pull yeah. the trigger on this on this prophecy. Yes,
1: <laughs> that, that okay. that's correct. Um, and to just expand on it a little bit, since I never can resist doing that, is please that, that's that's that absolutely do that. Also, it, it's another one, another way of saying God's God, you're not get over it. Mm, okay. Um, which, you know, is kind of a summary of most of the teachings in the Bible. <laughs> That's true, true. Uh, and yes, the, understandably, the first Christians really wanted the second coming to come quickly because their lives were becoming more and more miserable as Christianity was seen by the Romans to be a, a growing threat. And therefore, persecutions mm-hmm. were accelerating. So it's understandable that an everyday Christian would hope that tomorrow the world would end. Um, because right. that way the Romans would be put in their place, and well, basically, so their suffering, the Christian suffering, would end. So it's very understandable that the people had such anxiety about wanting the world to end quickly, and and certainly mm-hmm. there are people today that feel the same way. That oh yeah, for sure, you know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Right. God should just flip the switch now. But this is one of those teachings that remind us, no, that's not how God works. And God does God does not feel the anxiety that a human being feels. God knows we're feeling it, but it's not going to um, you know, make God into the eternal codependent being who wants to keep us happy.
0: Right. Right. It's, right, right.
1: Instead God will do what is right by the beautiful God eternal standards of such things.
0: Yeah. Um, it's also it's also interesting that um, the um, the verse here in thirteen it's, does start to to delve into uh, concepts of of an afterlife ish. Yeah, but I, th- I think as we've discussed before, uh, the concept of heaven uh, as and hell is is created uh, uh, long after the the the. Writings of the New Testament uh, were were put pen pen put to paper again part uh, of the
1: Greek influence that right because they basically um, fine tune the concept of hell right the Greeks so yeah.
0: so so what is the Peter's concept here that he's uh, alluding to um, is the um, is the uh, um, the new heavens and new earth uh, something that uh, um. What's my train of thought here? Is, is it like is, is what what is he what is he alluding to on this? Uh, because it's not if it's not uh, the more modern concept. What 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 is it?
1: Probably it's at this point in Christian thought, it's a renewal of this earth as we know it now, Right Ra- okay. rather than more so a Book of Revelation. Everything's going to be wiped out and start over
0: right right okay that's the reason why there's language in here talking about uh being set ablaze melt with fire dissolved um that the slate will essentially be wiped clean and start over uh presumably i guess with well not start
1: over it's just that it will be it'll it'll be vastly improved and the icky stuff will be destroyed, and the good stuff will be preserved by the um, cleaning up of everything, um, <laughs> and then it will be safe for Jews and Christians to live.
0: Hmm.
1: That because since these were people of the one true God who were being slaughtered
0: right right right.
1: yeah and so the 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 hope was not a everything you know, everything the earth's going to be blown up and we get to go to heaven instead was the hope was we can finally live our lives on earth in peace right you know with i'm, I'm trying to say with a heavy sigh i don't know if that's coming through on the mic but <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, um right So, and I think that's, and frankly, I think that's a more compassionate view than the all too common apocalyptic view of Christians today of there's so much evil in the world. It should, the world's just be given up on and God take us up into heaven and let us leave behind this dastardly earth. Right. That the Christian hope really was as, as this entire passage is about is that everyone see God and The various things that keep us from God, including evil, uh, be wiped out, be Mm -hmm. destroyed. And then all people will have a chance to live in righteousness
0: and will choose to.
1: They'll use their free will to live in righteousness.
0: Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's also interesting to then if, if you were able to uh, flip a mental switch and I think it was, we've discussed before one of the one of the possible concepts is that the second coming had already occurred, right? Um, that that uh, uh, Christ's death and resurrection is his second coming, the, the the bridging of the gap as the as one of the imagery uh, um, later image imagery uh-huh. uh, uh, references um but that new um new re- renewed relationship that that exists as, as a result of that if that were the second coming then what's interesting about it is there's it, it would color a lot of these words because obviously yeah. peter did not that was not the belief of peter uh that was not the belief of widely the belief of anyone in that i can recount in the new testament i don't think that's a concept that uh, um, anybody sided with in new testament writings correct me if i'm wrong on that um
1: i can't think of anywhere but again it's hard to do because we're so immersed in the um current common interpretation of that's formed by the book of revelation which was the youngest book in the new testament but tends be the lens we see any writings about the end of time through
0: right but yeah like a lot of the concepts that that peter talks here if he indeed along with most everybody else has this wrong and the second coming had already taken place then you know uh uh (laughs) the whole concept of of everything being dissolved by fire and and uh and and forever changed uh would have occurred there the day Uh, Christ died on the cross and the the rending of the temple uh, curtain in two and like uh, and and this whole new era would have begun then uh, striving to live a life uh, with with peace uh, and righteousness Um, and it, it would be kind of it's kind of interesting that if you take that idea and make it true then Peter and everybody else is like you you could write a second book to all these people and be like, no, 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 you've got it wrong.
1: You know, actually now, (laughs) actually now I've had a moment to think about really the gospel of John is the primary source for the perspective that the second coming was Jesus's resurrection.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That Jesus's prophecies about what was to come and all that um, can all be interpreted in John of uh, his death and resurrection in the other three gospels. It, it is more, it seems to be more of a, yes, the world, as you see, it's going to be very, very different. Whereas in John, it's the world's going to be very different, but you're going to have to look in order to see it.
0: Right. Also the change should, you know, predominantly exist in you. Right. Right. That as was John's very world. much John's
1: spiritual perspective.
0: Right. It would also be very interesting if that, it, it again, if, that that uh concept of coming coming was true uh, uh for christ's resurrection uh this this talk about peter uh, coming from peter or peter's followers uh of of uh um the lord uh not not uh fulfilling his promise uh at, at a point in time that you think would also could be further expanded as like, and not in the way that you think. Yeah. (laughs) Because if you're waiting for something else to happen, maybe it already did. Mm hmm And like, so very much like a thief in the night. You you don't, you don't realize it's already happened. Right. Yes. (laughs) The thief came and went. And, uh... Yeah. And you only notice
1: it when you try to pull out the good silver at Thanksgiving.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah. And and interesting. Uh, just, just... To recap, uh, we don't know. Uh, So uh, engaging in uh, a theological discussion there, uh, and it's not a tenet of the Episcopal Church to believe one way or the other on this, I don't believe, is it? Or is it, I think it's still open to interpret.
1: Right. We have have a lot of room in there because we have Episcopalians of various perspectives and they all... The, the accepted ones are within the realm that you can find in scripture. Right. Uh, but see, one of the, go back to Thomas Aquinas in systematic theology. They do try and nail it down, that, that right. theological approach. And again, they, they set aside the older, I think more accurate Jewish approach of we don't know. We cannot nail it down. We mm-hmm. instead try to live each day as ethically and faithfully as we can. And it all will work out in the
0: end. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll have to move on. I know somebody out there is screaming that, uh, like, oh, it's in the Nicene Creed. Um, (laughs) Yes. Too late. (laughs) We're moving on. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, if you look at the Nicene Creed, the Athanasius Creed, the Apostles Creed, and other creeds – Those are all from around from about 200 years or or younger or 200 years after the resurrection of Jesus. As people are trying to make sense of this um, and trying to figure out where the boundaries need to to be set to say this is Christian, this is non-Christian. And I have to admit, I'm very glad I didn't have to make that decision. Right. It was very, very
0: difficult. Hmm. Well, let's move on uh, to to Mark chapter one, verse one through eight. So the beginning of Mark, we're we're getting right into uh, the opening here. Yeah. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John, the baptizer. Appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins and people from the whole Judean Countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan Confessing their sins now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey He proclaimed the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals i have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the holy spirit so directly connecting our first reading and our uh gospel reading um mark is creating the connection that um uh i guess in a way um john the baptizer is the is the uh the voice in the wilderness He's the one creating the path Uh, uh, he is the one who is uh fulfilling the prophecy of of filling in the valleys and making the mountains low and building that highway back to jerusalem um i find it interesting that uh mark uh specifically mentions uh here right off the bat uh about bringing together the people of uh, Judea and the people of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Again, referring to probably that specific verse of uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Right. Um, So, and, and
1: incidentally, I forgot to say this when we were looking at the Isaiah passage, that passage the is a heavenly conversation going on, the way it starts. Okay. So, God is saying to the angels, go to the people and, and comfort them. And here it's being reinterpreted as John the Baptist being the messenger instead of mm-hmm. part of the what theologians call the heavenly court.
0: So right. it okay. really
1: it really is lifting very, very high the status of John the Baptist that we could easily overlook by simply saying, Oh, it's just he's just fulfilling the Isaiah prophecy. He's just he knew everyone knew that book back then, so he could quote from it. It, it's actually a hugely hugely honorific thing to for the gospel writers and and three out of the four did this to put these words into John the Baptist's mouth it shows how highly he was held in esteem and as a spiritual person
0: yeah that's that's interesting so so um um the mark is specifically putting him in that spot uh so. Um, cause I think you're right. I think that g- kind of gets lost, um, lost on, uh, uh, on the modern reader. Um, yeah. In our rush we to would, say it's just a fulfillment. Right. We, we just see the additional added, uh, 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 quotation in there within the quote. Uh, and we, and, and are able to trace that back to Isaiah. We're not really, um, reading the intention or the, uh, the underlining, um, uh, um, the underlining intent behind mark uh in, in writing those words it's easy to over kind of kind of overlook um yeah i need to correct one thing i just said i said three
1: of the four gospels actually all four gospels have him describing himself as i'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness
0: mm. okay okay so it shares that thread you can kind of also see though i think we had mentioned this last week about how Mark, uh, Mark's the first one. Yeah, gets and so he
1: heavily influences the other three.
0: Right. Uh, and But not only heavily influences, but you can kind of see, like, there's the other Gospels, uh, not all of them, but some of the other Gospels go into a lot more detail about this portion of the story. Right. Um, and, and I think we talked last week about how um, the way Mark was written they're probably inspired the later gospel writings to be like whoa, whoa you know <laughs> don't gloss over it there's right you know, these this, are important things to
1: add in yeah
0: yeah and
1: um, one of the fun things is that the um gospel of john goes into great detail to leave to emphasize that john the baptist was not jesus
0: Mm -hmm.
1: was not the messiah um which gives us a clue as to which we know from other places that there were followers of john the baptist who even after jesus's death and resurrection continued to follow john the baptist as the one they thought was the messiah you and john the gospel of john makes a point of john the baptist repeatedly saying i'm not him
0: right right uh, even though obviously here uh, we see it in the first gospel uh, book that's written, uh, it was there f- kind of from the get-go when gospel writings were written. Well, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me is is in is in Mark, so it was out there. I, I guess John's just uh, felt the need to hammer it home even more. Um, but also at the time that John was written, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't wasn't uh, John the baptist followers a little bit more in the 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 crosshairs of of uh government entities uh so putting some additional space between what he was writing and and uh what john the baptist followers were were saying would have been beneficial or am i not thinking of that correctly I might not be thinking that correctly, or did I lose you?
1: <laughs> you, you almost—you've been—you've been cutting in and out. My adapter, oh, okay. my adapter has been has a loose wire, and I can tell now. So I'm now trying to hold it gently in place.
0: <laughs> oh no! So oh, we no. can
1: finish this off, and I go to Amazon and order a new one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I was asking a dumb question. Um... <laughs> I'm glad it took a while. <laughs> Um, but, uh, long story short, uh, here, um, um, this is an interesting way, um, to th- th- that the book of Mark starts right. off. It doesn't start with the birth. Uh, it starts, uh, with, um, John the Baptist. And I don't know as if that implication is that John the Baptist was doing things well before Christ was born. I don't think so.
1: No. He's not uh, that
0: old. Because, well... They the, oh, that's right. They're the same age.
1: Right. We from In the Gospel of John. Luke, there's the passage about Elizabeth and John the Baptist's birth. Um, right. And the, the tradition that, they're, that um, John the Baptist and Jesus are actually cousins. So there's all sorts of cool writings of speculation and novels of what it was like growing up being Jesus's cousin. Mm-hmm. And how that might have very well, you know, they, it might have been a running start towards what each of their ministries turned out to be. Um, or maybe it was more of a, oh, cuz, what are you doing here? Well, I'm the Messiah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> to completely Completely <great>. yeah. <laughs> mis, misinterpret what the Gospels say. Right. Um, but yeah, in Mark and Luke, those two Gospels felt it was important to have stories of how jesus was born and they have huge huge and different theological significance but in mark and john it it goes from a brief introduction to john the baptist and his ministry
0: hmm. very cool well i de- i definitely do like the um the connection here um uh mark very very much understood where he wanted to pick up um um the story um, and uh, especially uh, specifically as it pertained to kind of uh, the prophecy around um, uh, around the Messiah. So right. um, in a way I'm trying to remember it specifically what the readings were for last week, but in a way this would have been also a pretty interesting start to Advent. Um, right. Had the lectionary authors uh, uh, chosen this is maybe the first Sunday. but
1: Yeah, last week emphasized the the second coming to you to shorthand. Mm. So it was words gotcha. of Jesus, whereas this week and next week are focused on John the Baptist.
0: Hmm. Well, we definitely will get into more uh, John the Baptist next week uh, when uh, Bruce has a new chord. That's and... right. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and Ben will I'm have to tap
1: down. dance nearly as long trying to figure out if I'm there or not. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think I lost everybody, including myself, during that period of time. I'll listen to um, the
1: podcast, see what you said.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure once it left my escaped my lips, I was wrong. But that's okay, all right. um, but <laughs>
1: but if you want to answer that, email,
0: yeah, email podcast. at shortcut shortcut at hfec uh, dot org. Feel free to email us uh, any questions, uh, thoughts. Uh, um, uh, birthday wishes. It's not either of our birthdays, uh, but uh, if you wanted to, it, you, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Um, and uh, but uh, we do have our, uh, as always, we have our uh, church service online at, at our HFEC videos on YouTube, uh, a nine o'clock watch hour, a watch party on Facebook um, that uh, uh, allows us all to kind of watch it live uh, together. Um, there's. Tons of stuff on the website, so I encourage you to go to HFEC.org to see what all is going on with the, the, the different uh, um, uh, things in our bulletin, announcements in our bulletin. There's a ton of things that we're uh, doing, especially in preparation for, uh, the, for, for Christmas and the new year. So a lot of stuff going on. Um, anything specific you want to plug, Bruce? Um, again, this Sunday, we're celebrating St. Nicholas Day.
1: So there's great stuff for people of all ages, both there you go. during the recorded service and also with live Zoom calls for different age groups, including adults afterwards.
0: Excellent. Yeah, that'll be a lot of that'll be good. There there will be uh, information about the Zoom links in the Bulletin, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. In fact,
1: so- they're, it's, they're already on the website.
0: Oh, excellent! They're there. So go ahead and reserve your spot. Don't uh, have to reserve; uh, on, just show up on Zoom. <laughs> go ahead and get it loaded, and we'll see you in a few days. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, um, uh, like I said, uh, especially in this holiday season, uh, lots of opportunities to to connect with each other especially since we are not able to connect uh in person uh which is a continued sad uh thing for all of us uh, right but, uh, we really look forward to uh the day the day is coming uh i feel like the the, the people in second isaiah it's almost time to return home yeah um yeah that's uh, a very so, good
1: application of it
0: so we uh We look forward to the the day where we can uh, uh, lift up every valley and make low every hill and mountain and uh, make a a straight pathway to our our church grounds and seeing each other again. Um, But until that time uh, and until next week, uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.